Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast, powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now, on to this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are here with another episode of the King's Crowd Inside Startup Investing Podcast. Today, we have a kind of a unique podcast where we're going to be talking with the three founders of One Door Studios. So you're used to investing in startups and technology companies. Well, today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. It's actually uh, this idea that you can now invest and actually own a piece of the movies, which is a really, really cool concept. And these guys have figured out a way of making that happen. Uh, So very excited to have this conversation today, something a little bit different for you. And I think a really unique investment opportunity. So with that, uh, Stephen, John, and Jay, the three founders of One Door Studio are here with us today. Let's kick it off, guys. Thanks so much for being here. I'd love to hear a little bit more about you guys and how you came to found One Door Studios. Thanks so much, Chris. It's great to be on your show. Really honor to be here, man. So each one of us has has some background uh, in this industry. John is kind of the, the premier one here. He's got the most experience in the industry, 20, 35 years <laughs> uh, doing distribution and contracts and rights acquisitions. And John, you, you tell him, not me. John, you must have started when you were 10. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you, Jay. So yeah, writing, directing, producing, mostly on the business side of the entertainment industry, which uh, is music to most investors' ears, because that's where they're looking for solidity and no compromise. And that's that's certainly uh, what defines Wondor Studios. But yeah, I've, I've been involved in 30-plus uh, uh, motion pictures, uh, over $4 billion in earnings, I wish I could say every one of them was uh, out of the ballpark success, but most of them have been really fortunate. Most of the pictures I've been involved with are studio releases, uh, independent pictures released through major global distributors and studios. We'd love to hear, you know, are there any uh, notable ones that we should all know about that, you know, would come right to mind for us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the, my first picture was in 1976. So that gives you a point of how old I am. And you probably no one or very few people have ever heard of it. Um, so I, I bring that up only to show that they weren't all uh, blockbuster hits. Where's Willie? If you want to look it up on IMDb. <laughs> but uh, it was a really a great learning experience. But pictures when I started, fortunately, shortly after that, were uh, pictures like Cat People, uh, the the older one with Natasha Kinski starring the Terminator um, uh, and uh, uh, other <laughs> other motion pictures. Uh, really, I've released through uh, all the major studios. Um, so most of the pictures that I've been involved with, you've heard. Uh, maybe not Four Feathers, still a great motion picture, or the um, uh, the Nutty Professor. Uh, not the older one with Jerry Lewis, but the one with Eddie Murphy. So Some of my favorite stories come from uh, his adventures in China, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience. 
by the way, the first major studio release, even though it went through uh, Sony Classics, uh, still a, a great experience uh, to produce with an all China crew. It, that was an amazing hit uh, all over the world. So we're talking with industry veterans here who have been around the block once or twice or 37 times before, uh, <laughs> know your way around Hollywood and, and being in the movie business. So it's interesting now, you know, One Door Studios, you guys are currently producing a series of movies based on young adult novels. How did um, you find these novels and what inspired you to decide to go down this path and start making films of these specific novels? It was an adventure. Um, we lived in China. Uh, even Stephen lived in China. I lived there for six years. At the end of my time there, I partnered with a friend who was friends with the, the author, Nova McBee. She said, hey, you know, sent us the file. Here's a manuscript you, you really ought to read. It's, it's really good. It's not published yet. Mm -hmm. So uh, John and I were, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're busy. <laughs> and about a month later, I finally read it. And um, it absolutely blew my socks off. And I'd say everyone else who's read it feels the same way. We had several great properties. And we were looking at what we were going to launch One Door Studios with. We wanted something that was just unquestionably going to make a statement. So when this came uh, and we read it, uh, we all agreed, oh my gosh, <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is great. And Stevens. Uh, the least aggressive reader among the three of us. So it took him a little bit uh, to get through it. Well, no, uh, and that's completely not true. I I, I would say that uh, it's, oh. hard, it's hard for me to pick up a book and then want to continue reading because I'm not a novel reader. You know, I read like, you know, periodicals and, and a how-to stuff. When I picked up Calculated, so it's a 430-page novel. It took me three days to get through it because it was just yeah. that good and uh mm -hmm. that's been resonated all around the world with the amount of awards that this calculated series has, has been nominated for or won in fact nova mcbee was just in new york this last weekend for the uh thriller awards uh where she was nominated with five other among thousands of books was nominated for best ya thriller of the year it's powerful so is there a specific kind of defined um yeah, kind of the definition to the types of movies. I mean, I know you're going after these young adult novels that you found really interesting and decided to pursue to start, but One Door Studios, do you have a kind of a definition of the types of movies you want to create? And is this something that you want to see grow into, you know, a Warner Brothers type studio where it's just a massive, massive studio? Is that the goal? So I, I think each of the projects would have to have a broad audience appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're not looking for, you know, like passion projects that are in a niche. We're not doing that. Um, you know, this calculator has a wide, even though it's a young adult thriller, it's, it's almost inaccurate because the, the audience is from my son, who's 14 on up to uh, 80 plus years old is saying, these are incredible stories. Right. Uh, so broad audience appeal, uh, I think redemptive qualities in stories, uh, which I don't really believe there's enough of right now done well. There's about a third of the income for English speaking motion pictures that are shot. About a third of the income comes from the United States. So the other two thirds comes from the rest of the planet. So it being a, a global audience appeal uh, is really important to us uh, as well. Um, and this, this has all of those kinds of qualities that we look for in a motion picture. And from a business standpoint, which pardon me for uh, going off of the dry side of things for a moment, but it needs to have an earnings to cost ratio of about two to one, which means the actual negative cost of the motion picture, the production cost, 
needs to be about half of what the producer's share of income is. If it doesn't pass that test, then even if we really are crazy about the story, we won't produce it. Once this kind of gets underway, you know, for folks who are kind of interested in learning about this and potentially become investors, which we'll get into in a minute, um, when could they expect to see this on the big screen? So calculating well, right now, the, the first picture, which is already, the round is already closed for that particular picture. Uh, we're in about month four or five of the script writing process, which by the way, we have Emmy award-winning writer Ann Peacock, who is known for uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Wow. So she, she's writing for us right now. Um, so that process is about 18 to 24 months for the writing phase. And so I would say calculated is about, is about uh, three years away from release. Uh, and the sequels, which is currently where we're live on, is a bit behind that right now. We never hit it right on, but uh, if we don't plan for it, and if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Oh, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Couldn't agree more. I think that's a great point. Well, you, you mentioned that you've already raised funds for the first movie. Um, based on our calculation, I think it was somewhere around $2 million raised for that first feature film. Um, so... Talk to us about what it's like to actually raise from fans. Um, and do you think this becomes kind of a normal practice in the movie industry to actually raise capital from your fans before you even start production? Let me just back up real quick on that, because before anybody thinks that the film is going to take $2 million to produce, that's the, <laughs> that's not the case. The, the, the $2 million is development. The most successful uh, production companies, independent production companies, divide development from production. Production costs are one thing, making the movie is one thing, developing the script and developing the IP is a whole other animal. And that's where we focus our energy and investments is on the development. Because without properly developing the script, uh, you know, if you have an underbaked script, the story just doesn't really appeal to people, doesn't sing, then you're not going to get distribution contracts, which is what we do first before we ever shoot the film. So uh, just, to, just to be clear on that, the $2 million is for development. The production budget of these films is roughly around $60 million uh, for each film. If I was an investor, I mean, most people don't invest in the film industry, frankly, that's what we're pioneering. Uh, but a lot of people invest in, in and understand mortgages and real estate, and it's, it's a lot like that. So we're actually allowing people to leverage their investment. They're investing in the $2 million, which will get us a script that's fully uh, studio acceptable, and it'll attach an A-list director and actor. And those those elements combine to open the door to bank financing, which is guaranteed. There's a film finances, a, a guarantor, it's bonded in other words, insured. And um, it, it reduces the risk, but it also gives us that $60 million from the bank. And so the the investor, the investment the investors put in is leveraged. We calculated about 25 times. When the investor gets in, what, what do they own? Do they own a piece of equity in the movie? How does it actually work? That's such a great question. So as Stephen said, because we divide them into two, we actually form a separate development company. And that company's fiduciary responsibility to the investors is uh, we're going to get this prepared in any way, every way to qualify for bank production financing. We'll set the distribution. We'll do all of the uh, <clears throat> scripting and attaching of talent and that kind of thing. And that company then uh, is what the investors in development have a percentage of. So they get 50% of the development company's income from the picture. And the development company 
uh, of sells the picture to the actual producing entity, which Wonder Studios also owns. And uh, that company then is responsible for stewarding uh, the distribution and release of the film and uh, bringing in all the global financing and, uh, and that kind of thing. Okay, so, so to keep it in language that I, I need fifth grade language because I'm the, I'm the creative type. So, you know, it, basically the, the investors are sharing in 50% of the, uh, the profits from the development company of that film. It's, it's not an equity share, it's a profit share from each individual film. Well, we calculated was um, not an equity; it was a profit share. But now right. it is equity, and it's true. Equity. It is equity now. In, in the sequel, <laughs> in the, the sequels they switch it to equity, simply because of SEC rules and stuff like that. So, but that allowed us to then give the investors a two-tranche income, so they make uh, their money back plus a little bit uh, when it goes before it goes into production, and they're paid literally out of the, uh, the production bank loan. Almost everything that's spent during development is a production advance anyway. So it's for the script, which is usually five or 600,000. It's for the actor attachments, which uh, is usually about 500,000 for director. It's 10% 10, 10 of their fee. So if they're a $5 million director, they get paid 500,000 to be attached. And the same thing with actors, it's about a 10% fee as well. There's kind of financing along the way when you're making a movie from that kind of development stage when you're just trying to get the right pieces in place to even go and get that larger financing for the actual production. And then at the end, there's a whole distribution component. So essentially folks are getting in at the earliest stage and there's an opportunity, it sounds like on the first film, to share in the actual profits when it's all said and done. And for the second group, they'll actually get a return when you go into the production phase and essentially you get paid back by the bank um, because you've now made it through that first hurdle to be able to build the movie. Is that a good way of framing it up? Well, it's pretty good. Chris, it's actually better than that because the original investors get both of those tranches. So yep. they make their money back when it goes into production. They also make 50% of the development company's profits uh, from the profits of the motion picture when it gets, goes into release. Most investors, when they get their money back, it takes all of the pressure off the investment. <laughs> they realize, okay, everything else is gravy, so this is good. And the gravy part is often the only part that um, investors, private investors, uh, have been able to share in. This is the first time that we've seen that the public has had uh, open to them the opportunity to have this leveraged position of uh, investing in development that gives them both tranches. I'm going to put it in my words, not yours, so that you don't get in any trouble here. But it, it so let's say this was like a Spider-Man movie, right? Where it had a raging success and made a ton of money. If they go out and they make $300 million, you know, over the, the lifetime of it being in the box office, then 150 million of that capital would be returned to the original investors as kind of the profit share. Is that a good way to look at it? Well, it, the, the, it would the, be <laughs> if if there wasn't uh, other people that were taking money. So when you're 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 only talking about the theatrical release, and the theatrical yeah. release usually doesn't make the biggest part of the money. It it's from streaming and the aftermarket television and and whatever that happens from theatrical distribution. 
if if it did make 300 million 150 million would stay with the exhibitor that drops the theater owner yeah so that drops it down to to 150 million and then they call it prints and advertising but now it's mostly advertising um, that has to be taken off the top. And then there's a distribution fee that gets taken out from the studio. And then that balance is what goes back. Right. There are a lot of other investors and stacked right. parties involved. So you're partaking in a portion of the overall profits when it's all said and done. I wouldn't say yeah. other investors because our investors are the only investors, but there are other things like, like the theaters, like the distribution contracts and uh, that, that need to be paid back. But uh, but yeah, essentially what you're saying is, is true. If you don't mind, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and ask a question that I think investors might be asking. They've heard of Hollywood accounting. Right. And uh, is that happening with us, with Wonder Studios? Where yeah, Hollywood accounting, briefly, if people have said, yeah, the, 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 the studios cook their books so that essentially there is no profit so that the investors share in 50% in, uh, of nothing. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes those, mm -hmm. those questionable contracts happen when the studio is funding the entire thing. You know, some producer goes, here's my story. Will you fund this film? And they fund everything, including the production, development, licensing, everything. And then that may happen where they kind of, yeah, we'll get you your profits when they come, but they never come. Where in this case, we, as, as the independent uh, producers, retain control of the film. We're not getting funding of the film through the studios. We get it through the bank, which has no interest in, in being a profit shareholder in the film, they, all they want is their interest right. on that loan. So yeah, makes the process much cleaner. If the movie flops, if the movie gets made and the movie flops, the investor still receives 100% of their, their money back because the movie was made because we don't make right. it until we get that, that bank funding. So technically 110 to 125%. Right. So it's, it's really risk mitigating for the investor because they're not worrying, will this movie do well? All they're worrying about is, will the movie get made? Initially. And, right. Initially, and if it does do well, then that's just gravy and icing. There's the additional upside. Yep. Right. So then, yep, there's two forms of monetization here for you, which is getting it back when it goes into production from the bank loan, and then a potential share in the profits when all is said and done. Correct. Um, you got it, Chris. Yep. Nailed it. Ultimately, you want the movie to be successful, is what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's really helpful because, you know, this is very different from investing in a startup. Um, and kind of just being a traditional equity investment and waiting for an exit or an IPO. This is about making it to a different stage of production. And then this is about having a successful film and sharing in the profits, you know, whatever that profit is and however it's calculated. Um, but there is an opportunity to make substantial money here and also have a risk mitigated investment that looks very different from kind of your traditional startup portfolio. Um, so as we've already talked about, you know, you've raised $2 million for kind of that first film. Now you have a, a, a second raise going on right now. Let's talk about that raise. Um, what exactly are you raising it for and how can people get involved? So we have uh, the, the calculated story uh, already has three other, well, two other completed novels that are already out on Amazon. Uh, the first one's act, um, simulated. And the third one is activated all by Nova McBee. The fourth one, the title was just released is called Liberated. And so we are raising the funds to do all of the sequels. Now people hear the word sequels and they think of like, you know, Jaws 2, uh, you know, <laughs> something of a, a lesser quality in the first, but we're, we see this as like the Hunger Games. We keep kind of equating yeah. Hunger Games or Mission Impossible where each one is, is a standalone amazing story. There is no, you know, contrived second story. They're all amazing in fact people have said that the subsequent novels are much more powerful than even the first one even though the first one's already winning awards 
And I would say that's true. So that's our okay. current project. And we're raising the development funds for all three of those films right now simultaneously uh, on WeFunder. It's a separate single company uh, called Sequels. And uh, that's what people would be investing in those three pictures that are in that single company. If people go on WeFunder right now, the, the, the goal would be 3.6 million, but that's not our final goal. That was just half of the goal because we decided to raise on WeFunder. We have a good relationship with them the first half, but it's a total 7.2 million or, or 2.4 million per picture. Well, I know that you guys are, are probably a little bit biased, but I also think you're probably some, some of the best experts we have to discuss this. If you were an investor and you're thinking about coming into something like this, a project like this, what are some of the things that you think folks should look for when they're judging a crew and a production studio? I'm currently an investor in a, another project. And the reason mm -hmm. I invested in that project was because that producer uh, had contracted uh, John and Jay before I was part of their team uh, to, to set up distribution and to do it the proper way. And I, I would, I've also been on films and, and shot been DP and editor for films that was simply uh, raised by investors, the entire production fund raised by investors and uh, with no thought to distribution. And uh, I know that money was lost by the investors because no thought to distribution. So my, my first thing that I would tell investors is if a film is being made, ask how is distribution being set up? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not the first thing that they're talking about. It's not the story. I mean, story is, is, is incredibly important, but every element is equally important. The story uh, who's producing it, the director, and the distribution. There, you cannot skimp on any one of those things. So that's uh, the first thing I would say. Sundance is, is kind of the, a good cauldron to look at. Um, they have thousands every year that are trying to get into Sundance to get distribution. Pictures already made, but they haven't got distribution set up for it. And um, less than 100 get in in all categories. Uh, and there's, uh, if there's uh, 10 uh, in a year that actually pick up distribution, that's a, that's a big year. So with streaming, almost everyone will get streaming distribution. But again, if you, if you don't have uh, anything that brands the film that pushes people to go cue it in, uh, the likelihood of success is, is pretty low. So the big thing, Stephen is kind of right on the money. If the producer doesn't have a sense, or if they say, oh yeah, distribution, we're gonna go in, on the film festival circuit and pick up distribution there, you can realize that the, the chances for that are really, really slim that it will be successful. So even if you like the people, even if you like the, um, uh, the opportunity in other respects, if that's their distribution plan, uh, better keep on looking. <laughs> I would add to that part of what enables that is separating the, the, the production financing from the development financing because what yeah. enables the producer during development to set the distribution is all the other elements and what uh, John is always always teaching Stephen and I the most important thing and the most important thing is that you don't cut corners on the most important thing which is a script John has always taught us the single greatest reason why films will fail is that maybe they might have combined those funds into one and so they they're they're hurrying they're they're trying to they didn't have time to finish the script to make it fully baked and fully cooked like it needed to be and take the time and the resources and the money and all the things it needs so that's why it's so important to have a separate 
fund for that? Every project is is produced three times. And the first time is in script form. And there's just no telling how long uh, that's going to take. And it, it could take um, 14 to 18 months, which would really be fast. Uh, or it could take three or four or five years. You just have to go the distance on every project. So most producers have multiple projects that are in development so they can give each one of them the time that they need to get where they have really become shooting scripts. And uh, yeah, but the litmus test for that are the distributors and they won't yeah. go <laughs> beyond that mark. So I, I that may have missed your question a little bit. No, no, that, this was super helpful. Well, I guys, I really appreciate it. This has been very, very helpful context. As you mentioned, if folks want to go and invest, you can invest um, on WeFunder. They have their projects up right now and you could, you could be invested. Um, I think it's a really unique and exciting opportunity and something that we haven't seen very much of um, in kind of the equity crowdfunding industry. So kudos to you guys for figuring it out and making this possible. Um, and for those who are interested in the movies and the stories, uh, I think it's a really unique way to be involved and be a fan of, of what you're up to. So thank you all so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, and I look forward to watching the movies in the theater someday. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at Kingscrowd, check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.